Blog Talk Radio. Recruiting Animal here. I'm just wondering if you can hear me because at the last minute, my phone decided it wasn't going to work and I'm calling in on my space mic and I don't have my headset on. I can't find my headset. I didn't think I was going to use it and I just put it aside somewhere. Anyway, my apologies. I might have to cancel the show. I don't know. Okay, but I'm going to go ahead with my intro. Anyway, I was reading a report yesterday about uh, the Kobe Bryant crash. Everybody knows about it. But here's what one helicopter expert had to say. He said pilots naturally want to finish their missions. And he called that get their itis, get their itis. And he said this um, psychology, this frame of mind can be heightened when you're flying a high-profile client. And here's what he said. It's a quote. Pilots are determined to complete their mission, and that can be a dangerous mindset because if you've got Kobe Bryant in the backseat, you don't want to disappoint him. And it's dangerous because even if you're headed into a deep fog, you don't want to turn back. And I got to tell you, it's the same with recruiters. No one likes to give up because it makes you look bad. It makes you look like you're not competent. And there's always a chance that, you know, someone else is going to take up the search. And by pure luck, they're going to find somebody and make you look like an idiot. Okay. So recruiters have get their itis. Okay. They don't want to disappoint. And uh, this kind of thinking, the problem here is it can easily lead you into a wild goose chase. You know, you got to know when to fish and cut bait. And you have to be willing to look bad and have people say you're no good. Otherwise, you are going to be incompetent. You're going to be wasting your time on some useless search for some dumb client. Anyway. Don't worry about it on this show. We're very wise. And we don't worry about looking good on Jerry. Jerry! What show is this? The Recruiting Animal Thank you, Jerry. Oh, I got a problem today with my phone. Anyway, I want to thank my sponsors, PC Recruiter, the ultra-customizable recruiting software, HireTool, H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L, the super-duper sourcing tool, and Honeit, H-O-N-E-I-T, the online interview recording technology. And you know what? If uh, Honit, if the CEO of Honit doesn't like the way I am introducing his product now, he can tell me because he's the guest today. Nick Livingston, are you there? I'm on. Hey, Michael. You know what? 
This is the Recruiting Animal Show, and if you can't even get my name right at the beginning, <laughs> you're in big trouble. <laughs> oh, that's a great start. Can you hear me? Animal. <laughs> yes. Can you hear me? Fine. How are you? Yes. Can you hear me? Clear. Yes. Really? Yes. And there's no echo from my speakers because I'm listening to you. Can you hear me? I can hear, I can hear you okay, clear. Let's, okay, great. Okay, let's get going. You guys can complain if you have to. Okay, you are the CEO <laughs> of Hone It. Okay, we'll get to that in a second. Your LinkedIn profile also says that you're a talent advisor at Atlas One. Okay, now my guess is that means a contract recruiter for startups. But if I don't understand it right off the bat, that tells me your LinkedIn profile stinks. Okay, what does it mean <laughs> to be a talent advisor at Atlas One? Yeah, yeah. 2019, I was working with startups and scale-ups in Europe. Um, kind of working on some new recs and new geographies, and yeah, working closely yeah. with early early stage co-founders to help them hire some of their first uh, first employees. Okay, well, look, you should put contract recruiter for startups there. Talent advisor means nothing, okay? Atlas One, there's no description of what the company does. There's just a list of the companies you've done work with, and that's why I had to guess, okay? So I just want everyone to know, this guy is a sponsor. He buys coffee for me and Jerry every week. Well, I haven't billed you for a year, but I will, okay? He buys coffee, and I'm still willing to... Tell him what's what. Here's something else. On your LinkedIn profile, your, your uh, contact information, it, it's got a link to the Digital Sourcer blog. So I tried to go there, and you know what I got? The Wayback Machine. There is no Digital Sourcer blog. What's going on with that? Man, I used to... I used to buy domain names and try to write blog posts and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, get does, rid of it. I don't know. If I couldn't figure dead, out how to keep up with GoDaddy. Dead, don't put it on your LinkedIn profile. Smart I got to delete that. I got to delete okay. that. I think I stopped paying the bill or my credit card changed. I can't remember what okay. happened with that. Okay. Now, you don't like recruiting video uh, interviews uh, for video. Uh, you like phone. We'll get to that in a second. But what about, you know, employer branding videos, recruiting videos that you can send out in, a, in an email or put on your website? If a visitor clicked on a video of any company and saw the CEO with a hat on backwards and uh, a T-shirt from a, a concert or, you know, some rock band, would that be bad? Would that, you know, give a negative uh, impression of that company? It's not a serious firm. You've worked for a lot of startups. You should know. Tell me, what's what? It sounds like you might be looking at my uh, profile pic, you know. Uh, but, no, I think, I think obviously, branding has been a big part of recruitment for a while, right? Everybody figured out we needed a career video on our career site, peek behind the scenes. It used to be foosball tables, whatever. But I think the idea was, that's usually where it stops, right? We'd have a single career video on an employer career site, um, but we couldn't go any deeper. Why? Because it's hard to create content, microemployment branding. You know what? You're not answering the question. You're not answering the question. I, I read an article <laughs> just before. The, I read an article this morning. It said no kind of company should have a, a boss, the a CEO, you know, with some dumb backwards hat that's too immature. No company 
Do you agree with that or not? I I disagree. I uh, I start I started my career wearing suits and ties, and I think that's gotten more casual ever since. But um, you know, LinkedIn profile might be different than your Facebook profile. Okay, enough your already. Profile. Enough. Yeah. I got to tell yeah. you something. I got to <laughs> tell you something. You are good in your other interviews. I've I've seen you, Adam Gordon, uh, Jim Stroud. Lots of people interview you. You're very lively on their shows. Okay, you better do the same here, or I won't want you as a sponsor. I'll I'll fire you. Okay. Okay. I'll now, be good. You, I'll be good. You honestly, you claim that you honestly like a phone interview better than a video interview. Why? I do. I, I tried all the video tools, right? Tried to force video into my workflow, um, but kept coming back to the telephone because it's convenient. It's easy. There's nothing to download or install, and candidates can take a phone call from anywhere, right? But you know, as a recruiter, I still felt, you know, our telephones obviously have evolved over the last 20 years. We've got supercomputers in our pocket, but the phone interview had not evolved, right? We're still manually scheduling calls, scribbling notes, typing write-ups. That seems pretty archaic in, in 2020. Okay. Oh, so you're so, doing yeah, your ad now, right? You're doing your ad now yep. without warning me. Is that, you're doing your ad. Is that right? You're going to, that's now's not the time for the ad. I just wanted to know. <laughs> About the video, you think a regular phone interview is better than video, whereas the person can carry the video around on their phone. They can go outside for a smoke and have a a video interview with you on their phone at the same time. It's convenient. What's wrong with it? Video interviews overcomplicate things, especially the first conversation with a recruiter, right? That doesn't need to be video. You'll see the backwards hats, right? You're worried about what the background looks like. You're stepping out from the gym. You're getting cold call. You know what I mean? So I, I think video okay. overcomplicates. Okay, yeah, we got the point. I got to know. We've been, Jerry, we've been brainwashed. Hey, animal, nobody likes that stuff, man. We've been, we've been brainwashed for saying? 10 years by the video recruiting company saying, oh, it's a better candidate experience. It's not a better candidate experience. One-way video yeah. interview tools are terrible, and natural conversations are great. Okay, who's trying to sh- talk there? Even, even Who is yeah, it? yeah, even two-way video conversations. The the candidate doesn't like that stuff. They 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 don't feel comfortable. It's almost as though they they feel like there's another layer of judgment on them, and it makes them less comfortable with the entire situation. We were trying in my former role. We were testing. Uh, video one way and two way for to replace phone screens and the overwhelming majority when given a choice did not want to do video they just want to do a regular phone screen okay michael g yep. talks okay that, we uh, that's... couldn't agree more and i think it's, it's super important you brought up one way versus two way because what video interviewing has done is they've hijacked the entire uh segment of interview innovation. And I think we have to be very clear one way versus two way tools, right? One way tools, pretty terrible can experience two way tools. You know, we've got Skype, we've got hangouts, we've got, uh, yeah. you know, Uber conference. Those are great two way video conversation tools, yet they don't capture data. You can't share highlights. You can't do anything with it. It's just, it's just a mechanism. It's just a medium. Okay. We'll get to your ad in a second. Just hold your horses. But, <laughs> Okay, that's MikeRecruiter.com. MikeRecruiter.com. I paid for that URL. I'm going to use it all the time, okay? He's a sales recruiter. 
that's my ad Thank for MikeRecruiter.com. But, okay, I happen to agree with you about the phone. I know Jerry, Jerry's on a business call right now, as usual, but I know he agrees with, with that, too. Okay, so let's do an ad now. First, I'll do it for HireTool, H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L.com, the super-duper sourcing tool. When people talk about sourcing tools on Facebook and all the recruiting groups, they are the one that everybody raves about. There's other good sourcing tools. I'm not going to say no, but Hire Tool always gets raves from people I know are good recruiters, okay? PCRecruiter.net, the ultra-customizable recruiting software. They don't impose a workflow style on you. You impose it on their software. It's ultra-configurable. PCRecruiter.net, we'll get back to them. And now, hone it, H-O-N-E-I-T, the ball is in your court, Nick. You do the ad. Hone it. It's, it's natural phone interview technology. It turns those kickoff calls with clients into job previews and turns those natural phone conversations with candidates into talent previews. Um, you can easily search your calls, never forget a detail. And then when you hang up the phone with a great candidate, you can share a few sound bites. Okay, you know what? I, I do. Uh, 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 you, you know what? Uh, you did a good <laughs> ad on Jim, Jim Stroud, but you didn't do a good ad here. Phone Phone it records. Phone it records the phone interview, and it creates little clips so you can send the best parts, the most important parts, to the hiring manager. Right? It turns everything into a, a transcript that's searchable. And anyway, there's some other stuff too about data analysis and things like that. You want to tell us that? That stuff I don't know too much about. You want to go ahead, tell us that. Well. Part. I mean, I think one of the things, and, and, I, and I would imagine a lot of listeners here, a lot of folks are independent recruiters, right? They're solo recruiters, right? Maybe external. Um, and I think it's hard to go from a solo recruiter to scale, right? How many of you would love to be able to hire another recruiter to train them, get them up and running, feel like they are as good at what they do as you are, right? And that's a, that's a difficult thing to do. And I think that's due to kind of this fundamental misinterpretation and miscommunication in our industry, right? So one of the things- Hey, you're losing me. You're losing me. Get to the point. If you could hire a junior recruiter, give them an interview guide to say, hey, this this is how you screen a .NET developer versus a Java developer versus a digital marketing manager, and they could conduct a great technical phone screen, right? And you would have visibility to that conversation. You can hear the highlights and- you know, collaboratively assess that candidate from a single phone call. You know what? Call. Okay, you, you, you you're, not doing, uh, you're not doing any. Uh, 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 let's move on. You're not doing yeah. justice. What is it usually, animal, what does it usually take? In my experience in some staffing side of things, we okay, have here's what you, calls here, Okay, look, hold on, hold on. Don't make, me, don't make me mute you, okay? Just say, <laughs> look, it's a great training tool. It's a great training tool for junior recruiters. They can listen to your interviews, okay? That's enough. Next you question. You think if I just said it's a great training tool, that would articulate what I was trying to say? Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't get Jerry <laughs> hanging up on you because he would hang up on someone who talked like that, okay, if he was actually on the phone. Okay. Here, listen to this. Nick. Nick, are you with me? With you. you. still here? Okay. No, Nearly. No. Okay, I want to know. The P, PWC, PricewaterhouseCoopers, did a survey of 10,000 people. They said that nearly half of American job hunters 
in high-demand industries like technology, energy, and banking say that they've turned down an offer because of a bad recruiting experience. Do you believe that, that they, they didn't like the way they experienced the hiring process, and that's why they turned down the job as opposed to the job itself and what went with it with it? Do you believe that the hiring process and candidate experience is that important? Yes, it's a, it's a preview of what it's like to work with the company, right? If it's a slow, inefficient process, full of repetition, and people don't, don't know what they're talking about, that's what you're going to get for college, right? Anybody else? Anybody else online want to get yes. in on that? Absolutely. Anybody else? Is that all you're saying, yes. Mike? You just agree. Yeah, in fact, okay. look, I lost a, I missed out on a placement because the the uh, the recruiter for the client up in Chicago um, didn't get back to well, first missed a phone screen, then was like half an hour late to a 45 minute call, and then put the guy on ice for a few weeks, and then just we never heard back from from her. So the, the guy, excellent candidate liked the position, said, I, I don't have time to mess around with this, and just bowed out. He, he wasn't interested in moving forward. Uh-huh. How come you didn't have better control yeah, I mean, of your client? How come you didn't have better control of your client? <laughs> what did you oh. do wrong? <laughs> no, hey, valid question. Uh, the, the fact is that the, the, the HR person would accept the meeting request for each of these uh, phone screens and then didn't show up and then showed up late and then said, you know, it's the holidays, so we're just going to postpone this for the next few weeks and revisit this in January, at which point the, the client said, you know, the candidate said, forget it. These guys aren't serious. You should, you, should have, you should have told them, no way, okay? I'm finished <laughs> with you. You should have fired that client. That's what I say. Yeah. Next you, you question. Did, well, yeah, we're not, uh, not working with them anymore, but. Okay, hold on a second. Hold on. Mike, you stay on for a sec. What you were talking about right. delaying, the, the PwC said if the hiring process takes over a month, it's a deal killer. Do you agree, yes or no? Yes, absolutely, in, in Nick, sales and in recruiting. Nick, do you agree? Yeah, I was going to say it, it's similar to sales. I was going to say it's, it's not dissimilar to sales. If you have a bad sales rep and it treats you uh, with disrespect or isn't a good – it doesn't make the connection or whatnot, you know, that's going to impact the sale, just like a recruiter pitching a job trying to make a connection with the candidate. I think, you know, uh, recruiters are on the front line, right? And I think not to pitch, but are your recruiters good on the phone? Are they good at pitching your clients? Are they good at pitching the opportunity? Are they good at making building hey, reports? Hey, you're not answering the question. You're not answering the question. Stay <laughs> with me, Nick. Stay with me, okay? I ask you, if the hiring process takes over, takes over a month, is it a deal killer? You said yes. I don't know what else you were talking about, but here's another question for you from, P- from PwC. I advertised this show. I said, come and see us give a hard time to our, our, one of our sponsors, okay? So I'm not going to back down on that, okay? And also, I have to shout – I don't have a phone. I'm not talking to the phone. I'm shouting into the, to the, the room, the air, because I've got a problem today. Okay. Do you believe, Nick, that there's uh, too much ghosting? They said 
61% of the respondents of the 10,000 people they talked to, 61% were ghosted. They had an experience with recruiters who stopped contacting them or responding after the interview. So it was an active candidate, Ooh. 61%. Do you believe that, say, Nick? I was going to say that, that seems reasonable if it's just overall candidates who weren't, weren't qualified, applied to a bunch of jobs they weren't in, and then obviously they don't get callbacks or email or whatever. But if it's after interview, that seems like a really high, high stat. So you don't believe it? You don't believe it? I don't believe it. Do you believe it? I mean, think about think about what what uh, what we put some of these companies have put candidates through in terms of one-way video interviews. It's an extended application. You ask you ask for two hours of a candidate's time, and then you're yeah you're not going to call everybody back or let them know why they didn't get the job. So I, I think those one-way tools have actually done a more of a disservice around around RecruiterAl.com. RecruiterAl.com. Go ahead. I have a question. I have a follow-up question. Was that Pete? Was the was this last PWC question assuming that all of their interviews took less than a month? Because Big Big Four is highly competitive, and if PWC is saying, "Well, our stuff is longer than a month," oh, by the way, we're losing sixty percent to ghosting. Well, that's one of the reasons they're losing it. Can PWC respond to that? No, they didn't say that. If this is their own experience, they're talking about the United States. Across the okay. board. Okay. okay. Not just this. I don't think that they'd admit that, that they were ghosting 60% no. of the candidates. No way. They, it's okay when they no. say other people. But listen to this. Listen to this. I don't know if people like these statistics. I, I, I find them unbelievable. The American Staffing Association found that inappropriate interview questions were the number one deal breaker for candidates. Nick, do you believe that recruiters in, in 2019, this is from last year, just a few weeks ago, so many recruiters are asking inappropriate questions really today? Nick? I, I think, I don't know. I, I think I, I find it hard to believe that people are still asking about religion or something like that, you know, protected classes on the, on the, on the phone screen. But, um, but you don't know, and I think that's the big problem with, with corporate PA and external recruiting firms is that there's no visibility to these conversations. So you can't protect yourself. You, can't, you don't know if you have a rogue recruiter, uh, and you have no visibility what questions are being asked. Okay, so that's a plug for, uh, that's, that's a plug for, for HONIT, if you didn't get it, H-O-N-E-I-T.com. It records your interviews. So if it someone does, accuses your recruiter it, it of saying something it. wrong, You've got a transcript there. You can read it or you can listen to it, okay? H-O-N-E-I-T.com, okay? I've never heard of it animal, used for the, that it's reason. It's more the opposite, animal, animal. It's more the opposite. It's, it's like if, if you get a claim from a candidate who does say, hey, your recruiter asked me about this, companies now finally have uh, evidence to say, no, we did not. And so it's actually well, protecting That's the what company. I just said, okay? That's what I just said. Yes. That's what you got to listen. That's what I said. RecruiterAl.com. Are you there? Yeah. RecruiterAl. Okay. Do you believe that inappropriate questions are the number one deal breaker for candidates, or is that absurd? I don't think it's number one, but I think it is contributory. I think it's stupid to ask, and especially in this environment and younger can- and with the younger candidates, what, you're just asking for trouble. What kind of questions do you hey, think that they're asking that are inappropriate? 
How many they're kids do you have? Are you married? Very, are you married? Are you are you planning questions? Are you planning a family? <laughs> oh, here's 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 a great one. While it's not illegal, well, I don't think it's illegal. It, it's not, but I find it hilarious. Global company would ask this. By the way, Nick, what would the least amount of money you would accept be to join yeah. us? <laughs> right. And this was yeah, and this was a number one true. or two globally ranked company. Yeah. I mean, what okay, it so, speaks volumes about what's important, you know, to the to the company, right? And and you're going to be treated as a as a widget, right? And mm-hmm. and all that. So yeah, that's 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 employer branding 101, right? It's um, also training. I, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anybody else want to comment it, on that? Inappropriate questions. Anybody else want in on that? Anybody else want in on inappropriate questions? No. Okay. I, animal. I don't think it's as much inappropriate questions as just lame, ineffective questions. Right. Like what? How much time? Like what? Like what? Like, uh, hey, I'm interviewing you for a .NET developer job, but I'm not asking you any .NET development questions. Right? Yeah. I'm just going to ask the basic, canned, boring things that recruiters have been asking for 20 years. I think we can do better. I think recruiters can ask better questions. Okay, maybe time. that's because the recruiter that the recruiter has no technical knowledge, and they can't ask you don't those have questions. to. But okay. animal, that's, that's, that's there the we go. That's there we that's go. Be, the yeah, but the recruiter, if you're using Honeit.com, the recruiter just has to read the question record the answer, turn it into a clip, and pass that on to the hiring manager or anybody on the hiring committee, and they can judge the uh, substance of the answer. But, Nick, the problem there, the weakness with that model is, although it's good, is that there's no follow-up. If this guy doesn't know anything and the recruiter's just reading a, a technical question, can't ask any follow-up or for any details that the candidate doesn't bit out himself, right? Of course you could ask follow-ups. Every good recruiter asks why. And yeah, we're talking about bad recruiters. We're talking about, hold on. You're talking about <laughs> Why are you recruiters? talking about bad recruiters when this show is for the te- 5 to 10% of good recruiters? Okay, let That's me right. move on. Hold on. I got to mention the other, the other sponsors, Hire Tool, H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L.com, the super-duper sourcing tool. Again, if you see a discussion of sourcing tools on Facebook, on any of the recruiter groups, Hire Tool is something that everybody, every famous recruiter raves about. And PCRecruiter.net, it's the most customizable, flexible recruiting software around. If you're a recruiter, it doesn't matter what kind of recruiting you do, PC Recruiter loves you. Okay. Uh, let me see. Uh, let me ask them. Uh, I, I don't know. Okay. Here's the thing, you know, Nick, Nick, all these articles about job hunting and stuff, they say that 75% of people who leave jobs do so because of their manager. You, you've read that. You've seen that as well. I'm sure. Okay. So most of the time, wouldn't it be worthwhile to have a subject line in the recruiting, uh, email that says, uh, are you tired of working for an asshole? Yeah, I think they take jobs and leave jobs because of the boss, right? Because of the no, no, no. You missed. You uh, missed my point. You missed my point. Well, if you're line, if you're a recruiter, is that a legitimate subject line? Yeah. Okay, because a friend of ours actually used that. Yeah, I mean, 
okay, clever, but I, I don't think that most organizations aren't going to allow that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't okay. Well, I guess if you're a solo recruiter and you work for yourself, you don't have to have it allowed. You give the allowance. Okay. Here's a, just a little more to that story. He knew that in this company, the manager was an idiot, right? So he sent everybody in that company an email, a recruiting email with the subject, tired of working for an asshole. Okay. There you go. Okay. I, I do Next. think I do think candidates want to meet the hiring manager sooner. We've really put that kind of far back in the interview experience, right? Where there's a lot of time invested by candidates and recruiters and such before candidate even gets to know who that hiring manager is, right? Um, so I think you start shifting that earlier in the process, you can get better candidates to say, yeah, that that seems like someone that I could work with, and yes, that would take that I will take that recruiter's phone call based on you know the enthusiasm and knowledge of that particular hiring manager, right? Okay. So we've got, is that another, again, is that another oblique, hold on. Is that another I mean, subtle or oblique mention of honing it? Because you recommend, case. you recommend case, yeah. the recru- that the recruiter has the hiring manager deliver a description of the job and then put that, a link to it in the recruiting email. No. That's one of the recommendations. Am I right? It's a huge differentiator, and it, and it all comes from the kickoff call you're already having with your client, right? Those, those intake calls are full of insights. You can capture and share great sound bites from those calls with, to get a candidate excited. Exactly. Okay. Let's bounce that off RecruiterAl.com and MikeRecruiter.com. RecruiterAl, do you think that having a link to the hiring manager, who might be boring, okay, do you think having a link to the hiring manager – who might not add any sizzle, okay? Uh, that might be, is that a good, uh, is that a good asset in a, in a recruiting email, listening to the hiring manager, RecruiterAl.com? Oh, oh, yeah, I mean, give it a try and see if it works. Why not? Yeah. Okay, well, that's not a, that's not a huge endorsement. What about Mike? <laughs> but, my, but Animal, Animal, it's a huge, it depends. If I got, if I got a good hiring manager and, and if I'm using Honeit and, or something like it, and I want to shoot a video or do audio, yeah, I'll do it. And if the guy's boring, I can amp him up a little bit. Or why why use yeah. that hiring manager? Why don't you use a different one or use the hiring manager's boss if he's more dynamic? What the heck? Give uh-huh. it a shot. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. MikeRecruiter.com, do you ever talk to sales managers? <laughs> and then, you know, would you like to be able to talk to sales managers, record their stuff, send a link out to candidates who don't know you and don't know the company? So I I did this when I was on the corporate side. I did a uh, oh my gosh, it, it's this screen capture video thing. I can't remember the name of it right now. But then you, you record yourself. Uh, I'm sorry, what was that? Loom. Loom. Thank you. So I would I did a Loom video, and on the screen we had the job description, very boring stuff. Um, but in front of the camera was myself and the uh, the regional vice president of sales for the organization. And we would basically just start talking about the opportunity. It was like a three-minute video, and then I could just take that video and send it to people through LinkedIn. It, I, it got a really uh, positive response, even from those that weren't interested or weren't able to move forward. How do you know it got a positive response? They would, they would, they would say so. Hey, cool video. I'm not looking right now, but uh, maybe we could schedule a call and discuss. And uh, you know, even the ones that were saying no were very positive on it. 
I and there were very now. few, very very few people that did not respond at all. Yeah. Okay. 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 My uh, recruiter. Do you, have, do you typically have a kickoff call? I mean, see, that's the. I think that's the challenge, though, because what you described is like this extra step, getting two people in front of a camera. It requires like this coordination, right? Um, but I would say for most recs that you work on, do you have a kickoff call with your client to learn about the role and, and kind of get to know the job? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. So in, in every exactly. situation. That, that seems – now, have you ever thought about those natural conversations as content, right? I think that's the shift, right? When you ask a hiring manager, hey, what's exciting about this role? Hey, hiring manager, why would somebody want to do that job here? Hey, hiring manager, yeah. what kind of problems is this person solving? Any of those questions usually come with great answers that usually only a recruiter gets to hear. And we're just saying, hey, you hear something great? It doesn't have to be privy to just the account manager or recruiter who was on that call. You can share those insights downstream with other recruiters or sourcers so they can get excited about a rec and hear it from the source. Or you can even pass a little bit further and say, hey, candidate, instead of reading the job description, listen to this hiring manager, talk about it. And again, not the entire call, just two sound bites. Okay. Yeah. So we, we, that's we the, beat that's that the, to death already, okay? I got an audience here. Okay. Yeah. I got the message. Well. Okay. 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 <laughs> okay. When. Nobody's okay. Doing. When you work at home, Nick, do you still live in Costa Rica? Or are you living in San Francisco now? Costa Rica. You work. Oh, and I'm supposed around, to. Oh. Hold on. You work around the world from Costa Rica. Is that true? I I mean the time difference isn't that bad. Yeah, it's actually central time zone. It's really convenient and close to the, you know, easy to zip back to the States. But, yeah, I, I had placements last year in uh, Austria, Paris, uh, Berlin, Finland, um, working with different clients. Okay, so a recruiter can really work anywhere in the world. Is that true? Sure. I think it's one of the best jobs to be uh, remote or virtual. It's a, it's a great, flexible situation. I mean, Nick, what city uh, are you in? Need to build. Uh, I'm in a little surf town called Tamarindo on the on the west side. Oh yeah, beautiful. I've been there. Okay, look, don't you guys start speaking Spanish on this show, okay? It is an English language <laughs> show. It's just not that diverse. Okay, we don't we speak French here in Canada, not Spanish. Okay, but, but uh, Nick, let me move on from that. Okay, there's a, a few people on my Facebook group that said. In order to feel very professional and uh, uh, focused, when they're working from their homes, they dress up just like they would if they were going to an office downtown. Do you dress That's ridiculous. up? ridiculous. Okay, my, okay com. It's over to you now. You take that. Grab the ball. We'll go to Nick after. Go ahead. Okay. I, I, I don't see the point, and, and I, I, haven't, I, I don't dress up to go to work in, in the spare room you know, or, or uh, as others have put it, the kitchen table, because it's going to make me more successful or make me more, like, set my mindset or anything like that. That's ridiculous. In my mind, my personal opinion. Okay. I, uh, okay. I'm wearing sweatpants and a T-shirt right now myself. Uh, Nick, what yeah, are you I, wearing? I don't wear pants. <laughs> okay. I don't want to hear that. Okay. I mean, when, we, when we've got what, animal, when shorts, we've got, it's all I've shorts. Got a big demo. When, when I've got a big demo and if it's a video demo and you're talking to a conference room full of people, 
I'd most definitely wear a button-up shirt and uh, make sure what's behind me looks professional, right? But I think for most most of the calls I'm doing, I'm I'm wearing flip-flops and in shorts. And again, the benefits of phone interview technology. <laughs> yeah, I've got, well, I have to admit, I like being comfortable. I don't understand why they uh, why these two women uh, are so enthusiastic about putting on makeup and wearing suits and stuff to sit in their own homes. But if it helps them, if it helps them. Fine. It doesn't cost anything. I bet, it, okay. I bet it's a bit of a confidence thing. It's like getting into, it's like suiting up, going, going into the ring, right? Like it's, it's a mental kind of routine that, that you might just get into and now you're confident and yeah, so I, I could see that too. Okay. I just want to mention the, uh, the other sponsors. I'm doing this new thing with the ads. It's, it's just little uh, quickies. PCRecruiter.net. Martin Snyder, the CEO, calls it the Swiss Army knife of recruiting software. Joe Mullings told us, who uses PC Recruiter, he told us that Swiss Army knife is a, a dated, uh, you know, metaphor. People won't get it. It means it's very versatile. Okay? It's customizable. That's what it means. And, and HireTool, H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L.com. Go to HireTool.com. Check it out for free. Use their free Chrome extension. It'll give you contact information, personal and professional. And again, everybody raves about it. Everybody. And, and of course, Honeit, H-O-N-E-I-T.com. The CEO is on the line. Hey, uh, anybody on the line, there's not just uh, Mike Recruiter and Recruiter Al, okay? Anybody, does anybody want to ask a question about Honeit? Well, we got the guy here. About negatives. If you think there's, I'll ask you a negative. I think I got a question. That, no, I. Okay, go ahead. Who's got a go question? Ahead. Michael. Mike. Michael um, Cruder. So your name now. Hey, I spent twenty five bucks on you. Okay, your name is MikeRecruiter.com. <laughs> you better not forget it. Go ahead. Okay. Sorry, MikeRecruiter.com here. Um, I'm curious, Nick. You know, most of most of these phone screens are like. 30 minutes, uh, 15 minutes, 45 minutes. And they're not really presenting in a sound bite type mentality. Do you, so if I was going to, let's say, uh, cut some of this, paste it into an email, send it over to my client and, and, and share that as, as animal calls it, uh, the sizzle, do you recommend then going back and saying, Hey, look, great answer but I'm going to ask you that question again. I'm going to record this and send this to my client. Can you pep it up as recruiter, as, as animal says, and, and so you can get that proper sound bite. Is that the way that works? Um, I mean, in most cases you don't need to, right? The recruiter isn't looking at a, at a interview guide in front of them with the kind of the key four to five questions. And when you say, Hey, tell me about a time where you did this, you're going to get a natural 30 second answer and you just clip it on the fly. Right. And then it's there for okay. you to share later. You can easily add highlights or edit highlights later. And I'm sure, yeah, some yep. some external recruiters might say, hey, let me ask you that. Let's try that again. A little coaching opportunity, yeah, right? Most and they, people, but, even, but, when I was yeah. on, even when I was on the corporate side, m- most people don't realize that your normal conversation level in a on a phone screen or, for example, on, on this call right now, your normal conversation falls it, – it comes across as flat. So you have mm. to, you know, step it up to, because you have no visual cues 
when when you're just having a phone conversation to to explain yourself as well. You lose something. Well, but I think if you talk about the submittal flow, if you're if you're just typing notes and sharing a paragraph to try to articulate why someone's worth someone else's time, that falls very yep. flat. And so if you can yeah. say, you know, we're seeing companies go from 30-minute phone screens to 15-minute phone screens because they're it's not about the 22 questions you ask. It's about the right four questions you ask, right? And then similarly, mm-hmm. we're seeing companies remove the need for hiring manager phone interviews, right? You're going from one recruiter phone screen to on-site interviews. I mean, think how much time that saves. It's, it's crazy. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I got a question. And I know I posed you before, but I'll, I'll see what you do. You See, the thing is, you just pair it with MikeRecruiter.com. You just knock them aside. You say, well, I don't agree with you about that. That's fine. You can do the same thing with me. Okay? If I say to the candidate, I'm recruiting, I'm recording your everything you say, she's going to get nervous. She might say something wrong. And other, you know, recruiters might be nervous about that, too, with, like you said, inappropriate it's- questions. If they say something off the cuff that, you know, somebody else takes the wrong way, they might not mean anything bad, but they have incriminated themselves. Just like you said, they are searchable now. What do you think about that, Nick? It's a, it's a business call. We've been recording business calls for 15, 20 years. Whenever you call yep. your bank, customer support, I mean, those are all business conversations. And yep. I think, you know, it, this is another business conversation. Okay, well, we just said that what, six, uh, 50% or something of uh, or the American Staffing Association said yeah. that tons of jobs are turned down because of inappropriate questions. Recruiters are doing something wrong, and I don't think they want to be taped doing that. Okay, maybe I'm wrong about it. Okay, I think that's obviously an issue. It's an issue. I mean, if you look at, if you look at, uh, and Mike, you know this, in the sales organizations today, they're recording all of their reps' phone conversations to figure out why one rep is selling 10x. You're right. Sitting next you, to got them, right? you got me there. So got me there. Conversation, conversation intelligence is a thing in sales, right? Where you can level up the entire sales force by saying, you know, Billy closed a whale in two calls. Well, how did he do that? Well, let's rewind the tape. <laughs> like, like. Imagine being able to rewind the tape with hiring conversations and interviews to say, we hired Jill. She's a rock star after six months. What did she say? Let's look for more people that answer questions like Jill did. Or if Jill looked great on paper, you hired her and she leaves the company in three months. What went wrong? What did we miss? The ability to rewind the tape and say, oh, wow, Jill told us three times she wanted to be an investment banker, and nobody kind of caught that. And sure enough, she left for an investment bank. So, I mean – this whole idea that we can hire someone after four hours of interview conversations and have no data to show for it just boggles my mind in, in 2020, right? Okay. So the idea of interview data, using it to make better decisions, that's what every other function does, right? And, and I think it's we're, we're time for recruiting to start thinking about interview conversations as interview context. You know? Okay. What about, candidate de- what about candidate and client debriefing? What about candidate and client debriefing? Should those should those be recorded as well? We have external recruiters who do their debrief calls through Honet. Yep, and and that there's full of great insight and again conversation intelligence contained in those conversations. So again, it's all those are assets. And I think what recruitment firms, RPO companies, staffing agencies are realizing is that 
you're hiring recruiters to talk to candidates, yet those conversations are assets and they're on scribbled notes on pads of paper in your employee's backpack. When a recruiter leaves your organization, those conversations go with them. RecruiterAl.com. RecruiterAl, you want to say something? I just want to ask Nick a question. I mean, I kind of understand your platform a little bit, but in your experience, do you think it's better suited for, say, um, big recruiting efforts like for say lower, I'll say call it lower end positions like call centers and entry level and mid, and you know three to five year because once you start getting up into the higher levels, I mean a lot of the stuff I'm looking for is I mean conversational. I do ask the pointed questions, of course, but then I want to dig deeper and I'm just thinking that you could I mean recruiters wouldn't want to use it. I could see that being an issue because two recruiters both somewhat successful have two very different styles and all of a sudden now one's getting, one's getting chided for it and you can't quite figure out they're trying to, I, I'm just curious, have you found out that call center and mass yeah. is better used? No, for this? I, I don't know. No, I, I think it's completely the opposite. I think it's, it's those one way tools where if you post a job and you get 200 people that are qualified, you're probably not going to talk to 200 and maybe that's where these one way tools can come in to filter a little bit. We're on the other side of the spectrum, right? And I do executive search, so I'm placing VPs of product or CTOs with my clients, right? So I'm having very high-level conversations with candidates. And um, But, yeah, how do you scale that? How do you train a junior recruiter to know what questions to ask a VP of engineering, right, and to, and to come across as conversational, right? Okay, hold on a second. Let me, so, let me take up something, that, let me take up something that, that Alan said, okay? Two different recruiters are going to talk to – two different ways. I mean, can we really take what one person says as a model for everybody? I, I think it's a bit more about what the candidate says than what the recruiter says, right? You know, both we're, we're excited about what questions should recruiters be asking and what makes a good versus great answer to specific questions, right? It's, you know, that question could be asked a few different ways. Hey, tell me about a time when, or what is your experience with this? I mean, you could say the same question in several different ways. It's more about that candidate's answer, and and that's what matters, right? That's what you can pass along. No, I don't understand what you're saying. You said that you could use this as a training tool. Take these, take all these, uh, you know, thousands of conversations and learn something from them rather than leave them scribble as scribbled notes on somebody's, you know, pad, desk pad. Now, Wait. now, you're, somebody, what yeah. can I learn from what you're doing? When I, when I got into staffing in New York, you know, I sat next to my boss, and my boss heard every single conversation I had over the telephone, right? So they knew if in two months I was ready for prime time or ready to work on a bigger rec or ready to talk on the phone with certain types of candidates, right? Um, with, with more spread out workforces, you're not sitting next to the recruiters you work with, right? And so I'm asking a different a question. I'm ready to move on. Oh. I'm ready to move on. Hey, look, okay. you know, but we don't okay. like lectures here. We don't like lectures here on this but, show. Now, but, here, here, <laughs> but here's here's the thing. Here, here's where I think, and I'm not, I'm not, my perception, Nick. Here's one area, and I'll give you a podcasting example where I think it needs. You really need good people to use this thing, because I, there's one particular podcast that I do like. He does HR tech, and I like it. But the funny thing is he's so focused on HR tech. If he's talking – if you're the guest, he's talking to you, and what I want out of it is he's talking about the tech, and then all of a sudden 
I'm like, okay, the next thing he says, ask him the next question. Ask him the next question because you're right there. And then he moves on to the next topic. He does it all the time, and it drives me crazy. And I could see this being the listener of my interview going, it's just, they, I don't know, I could see where there's some holes in it where, yeah, the person could call up, but I, I don't know. It's just. And Al, you're endorsing I, I what understand. Nick is saying. It's a great term. He's saying it's a good these, training tool. You listen to it, and, and you're listening to the recruiter, and she's missing the question. She's moving on too fast. Well, no, 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 no. But what I'm saying is follow-up. that's part of it. But what I'm saying is, is I'm giving – if I were to use this, I'm sending it to a hiring manager. But the hiring man, every hiring manager has their own experiences and where they really dig in – and and also a lot of hiring managers don't understand what good recruiters do, and I could see it also causing a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of friction. Was why didn't you ask about this? Why would I ask about that? Why didn't you ask about this? You know what? I want to know more about that. I want to know about this. And all of a sudden now it could with the wrong people it could make the candidate frustrated because if I got to call this guy back two three times, he's thinking, what kind of what kind of wing ding organization is this where they, you know. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, I, I think that can be handled with proper not, implementation I mean, I and, and rolling that out. Okay. Even all, if it wasn't recorded, the hiring manager would come back to you with the same stuff, wouldn't he? The not, not necessarily. Guys. Like, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't believe how much transparency when you start to say, this is no longer my interpretation or opinion of a candidate. Listen to this. The hiring manager goes, oh, my gosh. That is a great answer. You're right. Yeah. Like, like the, the, the feedback loops effect. are now real. It's like it's not like it's, it's it's he said she said forever for 30 years. It's been he said she said, and we wonder why hiring managers and recruiters don't get along because it's he said she said. If you if you if you take a step back and you say, hey, hiring manager, on the intake call, what are the four technical questions you would like our team, our recruiting organization, to ask candidates for your specific role? And the hiring manager will go, oh my gosh. Let me think about that. Can you ask technical questions? And they're like, of course we can. So you can now create these interview guides, custom interview guides specific to a rec, ask the very same questions that a hiring manager typically asks themselves three steps later. The recruiter now does it on the front end. So when you share yeah, a sound the recruiter, bite, the recruiter can't like, ask for any follow-up. I told you already, the recruiter who it, doesn't know any Michael, technical that stuff can't that do matter. a good job. That doesn't matter. They can still ask the technical question that they've never asked when the hiring manager can still hear the technical answer and say, wow, Jill resume looks light, but oh my gosh, does she know web analytics? Let's get her on site. Okay, you know what? Let's go back to what Mike Recruiter said a, a few minutes ago. He said, these people Dot don't com. always ask, they don't always <laughs> answer <laughs> a question. They don't answer a question in full. It's all broken up. Okay? So you might have a point. You might not. Okay? I'm not sure. Let me move on. Let me move on. First of all, I want to mention PCRecruiter.net, the ultra-customizable recruiting software, and Hire Tool, H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L, the super-duper sourcing tool. Go there and try their free Chrome extension. Everybody loves them. Okay, let me move on for a second. Before we, before we finish, uh, we're almost done. Uh, I had a question I wanted to ask you. Just, one, just hold on one sec. 
Okay. Uh, recruiting, sales. Okay. There's people always arguing. They say, some recruiters say, oh, I'm not a salesperson. I just match people with jobs. Okay. But what about salespeople who actually persuade people to consider something or to take a job, especially if the person says no, and then the salesman or the sales lady, they persuade the person. Uh, are you a persuader or a matcher, Nick? I, I think it depends on your client, right? If you're working with a big brand like a Facebook, it's pretty easy to sell your client. If you're working for with a client, JVC Electronics, that nobody knows of, you're probably going to have to explain what's exciting about the role, what problem they're solving, why it's an interesting place to work, right? Um, oh, that, that's telling, and, not not selling. Okay. No, MikeRecruiter.com, well, go on about that. Mike Recruiter, I want to hear what you've got to say about that. We've got a few minutes. Go ahead. What's the difference okay. between telling so, and selling? Yeah, the, the big the, the big difference is um, if you're just sharing about the opportunity and what's great about it, that that's that's on the telling side of this debate. And then if you're if you're having to push or or convince, then you're starting to get more towards the selling part uh, of, of of what recruiters okay. may do. Uh, hold on. So hold on. Very, Mike, what? Mike, okay. Mike, how is convincing? How is convincing different from telling? Aren't you just telling the person more stuff in order to hope that it convinces him or her? No, because if like I had a call this morning and and the the the, the position was was good for the candidate, he just wasn't terribly interested. And in I said, okay, I just want to make sure you have all the details, and I'm okay with you saying no. This is the comp. This is the benefits. This is what you would be selling, and I'm going through and I'm explaining the what's in it for you and, and, and telling them about the opportunity and the organization. That's still just telling. But if I start saying, you know, Animal, I really think you need to consider this opportunity, and, and you, I think you'd be making a, a mistake in, in not pursuing this, now you're starting to get into convincing and selling, and that's, that's where it starts feeling – like like you're 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 pushing a, a bit too much. Okay, so selling is a debate. Selling is a debate. You're drawing on facts in the same way, but it's in a different context. It's not just putting them out there. It's actually debating. It's debating with the other person. Okay, that's yeah, what I understand. Well, you want a conversation. I mean, one of the best things I've ever done regularly, and it started by accident. If I was calling Michael G. Cox and. I'd say, you know, Michael, here's the situation, but you know, I'm not sure if this might be, you seem impressive, but I don't know if this is the right thing for you. And I've just put it back on him to start asking me questions and talk and selling himself and trying to fill out what I understand of him. And that also tells me he's interested. So I'm not going to, I stopped telling people a long time ago. Yeah, I don't believe it, Al. You sound like a salesman to me. You've got a very forceful way about about t- the way you talk, okay? You know, an animal, so, if you call me in the next 10 minutes, I'll give you a great discount on a wonderful car. <laughs> okay, okay. Nick, Nick, are there any interesting questions about recruiting that you really want, you have a burning desire to talk about in the next five minutes? Because that's all we have left. I think... Um, I'm, mo- I'm excited about new recruiting models. Um, 
maybe we could touch on that. So one of the things that helped kind of the Atlas that that client in UK in Europe. You know, I have a Mumbai. Hold on, I I know that I know that my my audio today is not the greatest. So I haven't been bugging you, but it'll be nice if you talk that into a mic or close up to the phone because you keep going in and out. Sorry, I'm wearing earbuds. Can, um, so just an interesting recruiting model. So one of the things that we found worked really well with Atlas is we, instead of charging, say, 20 to 25% for a placement up front, um, it's a subscription where it's based on retention. And I think this is a very interesting and appealing model to maybe more so early stage companies that don't want to drop 30k on an unproven asset right but if you say hey if the person stays with you for 20 months we'll get that full 20 percent fee over 20 months um so just throwing that out there it's a it's it's okay nick, atlas nick, to work with some nick, really amazing clients and then we yeah nick that's like having a guarantee that says if the person says leaves after three months I'll refund 75%, okay? Or if they leave after six months, I'll, I'll refund 50%. And the, the only thing is, you don't you, you say if they, if they stay three months, I'll bill you 25%. If they stay six, uh, I'll bill you another 25%. It's, it's like graduated payment uh, it, for a certain time frame. Is that right? That sounds like a I mean, billing nightmare, to too. Well, well, yeah, but it, it's just a small shift. There's RPO firms and every, all these kind of like companies that are putting people on site. It's just a small shift. I mean, the hiring manager basically wants to yeah. say, um, you know, put your money where your mouth is, recruiter, right? And I think there's just there's a lot of things changing in this space. And so that I don't agree. I don't think that's a good strategy. I it, 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 unless unless you really really know your client, you really really know the company. I think you're set. I mean, and I don't know how many searches you do, Nick, and we could talk about that offline, but I think it's – you can't control how a company operates, and you can't control if there ends up it's four true. months down the road being point. personality conflicts or the or the or you've got a really good person in there that has a good track record, and he looks around, and after four months he realizes, you know what, this startup doesn't have their act together I'm not putting my name on this. I'm going to go find something. I'm going to go find another startup that's more stable, and I'm out of here. You've just lost that 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 fee for your work through no fault of yours or the candidates. I, I wouldn't disagree with any of that. I think that's a great point. I'm also just saying when, when a recruiter goes out on their own, it can be really hard to scale and generate new business. Yes. This is a, a model that might get you more recs and more interesting recs. Than well, you might otherwise. It's I agree. An, okay, so on the front end, I agree with you, but on the back end, I yeah. think what you're doing is you're putting yourself in a bad position down the road, where it'll get you some quick business. But then it's it's kind of a another analogy to what you're saying is, if everybody's charging 25 to 30 percent, and I come in at 15 or 20 to get some clients, and then I get busy, and then I go back to those first clients, and say, hey, we're now at 25 or 30, we need to up it. And they're like, hey, we, we helped you. We, we're, we've got a good relationship. We, we don't want to do that. And now you've created an uncomfortable situation in starting. I mean, I get both sides, but I just no. think that... you got to qualify but, You got to qualify the client, right? I, yeah. I totally see that. You're right. you got to make sure they're going to be around in 18 months and all of these things that are even riskier. Even established... establish it's a new, it's a new model. But even established companies, a friend of mine just started a company and got their first placement at a a long-standing company. But once they got in and started doing the work and kept calling me for advice, it was very clear that that company doesn't know how to – they're operationally – they're not good. Not bad, but they're just kind of kludgy, 
So, you know, good company, good product, good services, but operationally they're just messed up, and that's another reason you could lose your your fee if you did something probably, like that. But that candidate's probably going to pick that up within the first three months or 90-day guarantee that you might have anyway. So that's, that's Yeah, but if I'm doing your model concern, on that one, right? if my friend's doing your model on that one, they got paid for three months and they just lost 17. One of the one of the nuances with this is that you also get paid for the work. So the 1% starts during the search. So, okay. again, a little skin in the game. Uh, again, I, and I don't disagree deep, with it in the right markets. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, in every like, pricing model, you can you can set up qualifiers for certain pricing models. Yeah. What do you mean? Okay, Mike Recruiter, you got the last word. Michael G. Cox, what were you talking? What do you mean there? I didn't catch it. What is it? What are you talking about? You can say, well, I, I have this contingent pricing model, and I've got this monthly for twenty months thing, uh, but this organization, based on our initial you know three or four conversations doesn't look like it's a safe bet for us to go with this longer longer pricing model. So we're not going to offer that. And, and you have that conversation. Yes, I did mention this 20-month thing, but uh, based on these factors, and you be very specific, we, we can't do that with your, your company. Oh, 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 that's another. You can't tell them about it and then pull away. They'll, they'll hate sure you. you. Can. Well, it's an option. I mean, yeah. I think the other thing, contingent recruiters, it's like you also could put in three weeks on a job and then they fill it somewhere else or they close it or whatever, and then you put three weeks in and you're not getting paid for any of that time. This model, you'd get your 1% for the month it takes to work on it, right? And so there's a little bit of, um, you know, skin in the game from the client, which is, I think, a good thing to know that it's real and that they're genuinely going to fill this job and, and it's a need. Yeah. Okay. You know what? A great discussion. I, I find I, I find uh, find it interesting. If you had a conversation with uh, Rich Rosen about it, he would steamroll over everything you said. He'd be in double what you were getting <laughs> getting from Al. Although I kind of I kind of like it. I, I think that that the recruiter does have uh, some investment in in retention, but but like Al says, it's a crapshoot. Okay. Final mention, hire tool, the super duper sourcing tool, Honit.com, the online interview recording technology with the CEO was our guest today, and PCRecruiter.net. Nick Livingston, it was great having you. Thanks very much for coming and putting up with my phone problems. Anything else, everybody? <laughs> no. Thank, Thank you.
And we'll not feel it. 